Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Yo, what's going on? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Lion's Den with Seth. Hopefully everything is good with you, yours and your family. You staying safe. You staying out of everybody's face. You know what I'm talking about? To keep the, what is it, the uh, Corona, Megatron, whatever it is today away. All right. So listen, if this is your first time on, make sure you go to StreamYard forward slash Facebook so you can be interactive. What's going on, Miss Nico? Queen's in the building. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, we got Vegas in the building. Look, that's what we do let us know where you at give us a shout out y'all this is going to be a great 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 show but of course i wouldn't be able to do this by myself who would even want to that's why i got my mans with me right on big herm what's popping bro how you going on man everything good over here how you living man slow motion man slow motion sipping a little bit of my hustle juice <laughs> keeping my, 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 my cup you dig mm-hmm Yo, man, everything everything good over here, man. It feels like it's been forever since we've been on. I know. One week, man, it feels like you ain't been on it forever, man. I know, I know, I know, I know. Hey, what's up, Quincy? How you feeling, bro? Hey, so how's your weekend, man? Man, it went. Man, besides the Titans losing, I gotta go and get that out the way. Ah, okay. Besides the Titans losing, everything went good, man. I went to see. Uh, wasn't this weekend? It was last weekend. We went on, man. I saw Brian McKnight. Live okay. concert for the first mm-hmm. time. Okay, how was that? Man, hey, I, hey, Brian caught me off guard, man. I ain't yeah. think he could sing like that. I think he sing better than me. You know what I'm saying? I knew he was all already- right. Next, no. <laughs> I'm just saying, dog. No. I didn't know that he had it like that. Man, brothers, look, look, he's been singing since the '60s. So why don't you think that? Well, no, I, hey, man, a lot of people been singing for a long time. They can't sing, but hey, Brian McKnight got a lot of range that I didn't know he that do. he had. Man, he I'm do. Like, okay, he so, do. He do. What I, got, like, man. I took my wife out there. That's that's her favorite artist. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, look at man. You. Man, that's what's up, man. Just full blown uh sugar plum. Oh <laughs> no, big wheel. What's popping, bro? How you feeling? Man, these rounds is what's popping, baby. There you go. There you go. He couldn't wait to do that. Y'all, y'all went out swinging, my dude. But no, man, blessed to be in the building with my dudes, man. Looking forward mm-hmm. to another great show. All right on. This weekend it's been popping. Me and the wifey clicking on all cylinders out here trying to find furniture in the world and ain't got none. Okay. Yeah, yeah, bro. Twelve month delivery timelines, but other than that, man, just prepping for this retirement, baby. All Yo, right. Ain't never when I when I got my house, man. It was talking about four or five weeks before I got a bed, man. That's weeks, but I'm talking months, b. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because um, that was um. Oh yeah, no, that was beginning of COVID. COVID. Yeah, beginning, was beginning of COVID. So it was talking about four or five weeks. So now yeah. I'm talking about four or five months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's I a can long time to be on the air mattress. Bro, and, and you know what? Hey, the older you get, hey, your, your back ain't made like that. You got a big ass house with an air mattress inside of it, man. Doing the but it's yours. Yo, <laughs> hey, hey, priorities all jacked up, right? Hey, big Larry, what's popping? Oh another, another, another hoodie. What's happening, man? You know what it is, baby. We just, hey, we just hey, won. Hey, like we don't, we don't celebrate. Maybe they forgot. You did no, we forgot nothing. We represent this team, baby. That's what it is. Okay. You know what I'm in the team, just because y'all teams ain't in, don't mean we ain't in it. <laughs> Listen, look, we ain't doing this. How's your story? Would be bro? different I, had the tights on. I guarantee you that fool would have on a tight hoodie right now. Don't I don't want to hear none of that. Let's move on with the show. All right, move on. <laughs> keep it moving, bro. As I sip my yum yum juice. Yum yum. Okay. All right. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, if y'all haven't done so already, please hit the share button. Okay. Stop acting funny style. This is some great information. We have great guests on here, and this is a way to show appreciation, y'all. Today, today, well, this evening, we have Miss Sharice Cooper. A little bit about her. I, she's going to be here to bless us all with the things that she has been through that hopefully, hopefully can encourage you to let you know you can also do it. There's no excuses. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all give her a nice round of applause, Miss Sharice Cooper. There you go. How you doing? Hey, I'm grateful, full of gratitude. Yes, indeed. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> What's going on? Hey, 
Yes, yes. So listen, welcome to the Lions Den, ma'am. I know we've been talking about it for a while, so I'm yeah. glad that you're finally here. So if you don't mind, hey, so tell 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 the world a little bit about you. Who is Sharice? Okay, well, my name's Sharice Rochelle. About to turn 53, God willing. Mm -hmm. uh, but first, before I begin, I, I have to give honor to God uh, as I understand him. And just for who he is, I'm just grateful. Uh, I want to give honor to my mother and father who've done their best to raise me to be the woman I am today. Also to those who have catapulted me to where I am today, the program of Narcotics Anonymous, not to be promoted, but I have to mention them. Uh, the program helped save my life and uh, my loved ones, uh, definitely my man. Uh, he is my number one cheerleader. Terry, I want to thank you for uh, believing in me uh, my, and my sister, who's my rock. And uh, I also have mentorships that are going on, a couple of them. I'd like to mention Yolanda Hempfield Robinson, who mm -hmm. is um, the, co the founder of Women in Vision Incorporated, who's also given me, uh, who's allowed me to glean and become a better woman, as well as Nigella Allen. Mm -hmm. She's my mentor as well, professionally and personally. So that being said, <laughs> I grew up here in St. Louis, uh, in Normandy, uh, actually. Uh, yay, Normandy Vikings, <laughs> red and green. That team is mean. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> that ain't all they know for. Oh, Normandy ain't no joke, especially when I was there. I'm sorry, but uh, I uh, grew up there on Lucas and Hunt, literally a few blocks up from the Normandy High School. Smack dab on Lucas and Hunt, across the street from the cemetery, right? Yep. Um, I had an older sister and my mom and dad, so a two family home for sure. And I, um, I, I don't know, I can just go on and on about that. Do you want me to go all the way up to now? I just pretty much just stop right there for now. No, you know what? So this we're gonna do. We're gonna go through. Um, uh, the fellas is gonna just ask you some questions, and again, yeah. just be completely honest, open. You know, and whenever you feel the need to um, go back. You get what I'm saying? To, yeah. to help an individual to to resonate or, or relate to where, where you're at, feel okay. free to do that. Big Will, wow. what you got, bro? Sis, what's going on? What's going yeah, on? Yeah. You know I got love for you because you're from the yeah. door already, right? But listening and reading through your bio and just looking at some of the things that you've been through thus far yeah. in your life and what you persevered through, mm -hmm. how much of a role did the support from your school play in your progression or the direction that you took? Because we hear a lot of stuff about public schools. How did it influence you? Oh, my goodness. Well, I tell you, Normandy was a, 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 a I mean, amazing school to be a, a student in because they recognized talent in, in the students at an early age. I was a member of the, an independent study program um, from third grade on up to 12th grade. Independent study program is pretty much is for advanced students, right? So that four hours out of the day, I would be with the general population and then I would uh, become uh, grouped with other students who were advanced as well in their studies. And so we can study things two, three grades above what grade we actually were in. Um, so there were challenges that we always competed with each other as far as grades go. And um, so Normandy cultivated me intellectually from a, an early age. It recognized and encouraged, you know, so. So you fancy, yeah. I see you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then also too, they recognized, uh, we had sports, we had um, all type of activities that made me to who I am today. Learning how to do uh, teamwork and um, be a, a play your role, if you will. You know, uh, I was a member of the 86 state championship Normandy High School girls. We took the whole thing, yes. I ran um, 300 meter hurdles in the relays, uh, four by eight, and uh, also did a little long jumping, but my thing were the hurdles. Mm. And so, yeah, so Normandy, we went far with that. And also to the gospel choir and um, the student government, I was uh, pretty active in those as well. Wow. Okay. We have friends to this day from those groups, you know, um, absolutely. Nice. Great. So, Sharice, how you doing? Wonderful. Hi, 
Hey, so I want to take it back a little bit after reading your bio. Um, I'm, I'm reading this says you came from a two parent home and everything and had a yes. great, great support system. Yes. Oh, um, man. You went on and went to Fisk, Nashville, yes. Tennessee. Yes. And things started going a little south for you there. When, when we talk about substance abuse. Yes. Now, now, you know, the common theme for people that get caught up with substance abuse is they come from a broken home, mm -hmm. looking to fit in somewhere, but it appeared that you had like a great support system. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You came from and then you, I'm listening to your accolades and stuff like that. You had it going on. Yeah. Uh, get, get, so give us a little insight about how that first happened. Like, how did this happen? How did you find yourself in that world? Where uh, substance abuse started to take over. Oh, thank you for asking that. That's real. That's important because I try to tell people uh, when I do share my story or uh, my experiences that addiction is uh, like a bullet, really. It has no eyes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how smart you are, how much money you have, your family upbringing, none of that, because addiction is a disease, a spiritual malady that. Um, is, is going on in an individual. When I say a spiritual malady, I'm saying a disconnect with God, right? So what led me to fall into the disease of addiction was the loss of my oldest sister. I remember I told you that I had a mother, a father, and an oldest sister. Right. Now, my youngest sister wasn't born until like 17. I was 17 when she was born. So I had an oldest sister who was like my mother, my best friend, uh, my conscience. <laughs> yeah, so she knew me better than anybody in this world, and she had passed away suddenly at age 18, I was 17, from an aneurysm in her heart. So being that it happened like, like that, I wasn't prepared for that. And don't forget, I, I want to keep, I want I really reiterate that I was um, living off of the relationship with God that my parents raised me with mm -hmm. so i didn't have a cultivated relationship with god so when she died suddenly i i was angry yeah. I, I, so I, I just was lost without her she was like the wind beneath my wings in my mind so gradually for like 13 years from 17 to uh let's say 21 ish no all the way up to 21 no 28 i was in a slow down downward spiral uh, I call it my trauma coma. I, I ended that because I got, I started making bad decisions. As a matter of fact, my sister passed away a few months before I was to go to Fisk University. So I'm in college, just going through a day, it's going through the motions really, but spiritually I wasn't there. So I started making bad decisions. I was really lonely, hurt, angry, and I just gravitated towards some things that I didn't know about. Like I, uh, I'm a um, survivor of date rape from college. And um, so I gravitated to the person who said the right things, you know, promising um, affection and understanding when all along, you know, I was uh, raped on a date, which produced a daughter. Um, so I had her, well, I guess three years and the last three years of my uh, attendance at Fisk, she was with me. That's why that's when I was mentioning that house I had around the corner. But at any rate, so that was my first uh, experience um, from bad choices, though. Uh, looking to feel something other than the pain that I had experienced once my sister passed away. There was no counseling or um, I guess no one recognized I was away from at school, so family didn't see the change really. But they knew the decisions I was making were like, "What? Wait a minute, what is that?" You know, I was cry out for help actually. So had my daughter uh, after my freshman year. Then I, you know, I felt like maybe I could marry somebody. <laughs> a man asked me to marry him. I was like, "Okay, let's do that." You know, it was just impulsive behavior, uh, seeking anything that felt better than what I was doing. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Larry. Yep. So the act, so actually I had my first, I didn't believe in alcohol or drugs, any of those things being that I was an athlete, captain of the cheerleading squad. And then always, I also have another pin, a prom queen turned dope thing. 
That sums it all the way up for me. When you see Sharice, you see that prime queen, the captain of the children's squad, track star, all that. And then something at death of a loved one that I was close to caused me to not care about anything, anybody. But I didn't know it was going on, though. I didn't know that's what I was feeling. I was angry at God for taking her. And after a while, I guess I pretty slowly was trying to kill myself as well. So mm. one just to show him, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a uh, you gonna leave me here without my sister, you know? So, and then my family had high expectations to me because I've always excelled in everything that I even put my hands on. So now here I am all of a sudden behaving differently. So uh, they were like, oh man, what's going on with her? But not, ex they weren't listening. They didn't know what to listen for, know what to watch for. So, cause I, I was good at wearing masks. I am a master of wearing a mask. Wow. So, so here, this is what I'm going to do. We're going to um, transition a little bit. Go ahead, Larry. What you got? Yeah. Yeah. I want to hit on that a little bit more, though. And, yeah. and my question is tied to the, the, the struggle. So yeah. on, on the one hand, the question is, during your struggle, did you have people in your ear trying to pull you out of it? But on the other hand, the anger you had was it so much that you were defiant and in denial of the struggle to where you like, no, I'm good. I don't need your help. I can get through this myself. Can you kind of walk us through what your mindset was like during that during that struggle phase? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Again, uh, like I said, I was the master of masks, wearing masks. So I had the appearance of the girl next door or mm -hmm. the girl who's got it together. But secretly, I was living a double life for about 13 years. Wow. I uh, would have my kids, because uh, again, I, every five years, I would get into a relationship to produce a child. <laughs> so I had three children. So I would um, be a mother, a sister, a daughter, a, a, an employee during the week. And then the weekend, I'm slumming on the west side of St. Louis. Um, I call it slumming because I was in the dope house. I was smoking crack and drinking. Then I come back to my regular life during the week. So nobody really knew. At least I thought they did. I was good at hiding. Very good at hiding. And I did that for like 13 years. Mm -hmm. oh, so... As far as support goes, all I know is my mother was angry at my behavior. She was like, three kids, you're not married, divorced, all this stuff. Like, I started going to church with my dad. He pulled me into his church. You know, he's a deacon. And he we prayed, holy all, holy ghost, everything. <laughs> my mentor was the actual mother of the church, the uh, bishop's wife. So I sat up under her trying to learn just something, anything to save me from this. And... Um, but I wasn't transparent with my family with the drugs and alcohol. They didn't find out till finally, because we know the disease of addiction is progressive. It's insidious, very cunning and baffled. So I didn't recognize what it was, but I knew something internally was going on. So it caused me to make these decisions and um, that affected me for the rest of my life. And it wasn't, it wasn't conducive to the lifestyle I was presenting to the world, but because the results were some going on, you know, and I was crying out for help without asking because I was secretive. I kept the crack and the alcohol, well, not the alcohol so much. You know, I drank through the darts on the dark team. So that allowed me to drink, you know, during the week. So, but as far as the drugs, that was secret between me and, the people I got high with on the west side. My family didn't know anything about it. Until I hit rock bottom on that tip. Because, uh, like I say, the disease is progressive. So, after a while, it became bigger than me. Uh, of course, for years, I was able to dip and dab on the weekends. Uh, nobody know. But then, that disease became a habit. Mm. So here, here. So I want to touch on this real quick before we go into the break. You said something that I want to touch on <clears throat> when you talked about your bottom. Okay. Mm -hmm. And for those out there that hear 
that term. The bottom is different for different people, you right. see? And only you know what your bottom is. Could you yeah. illustrate to us what your bottom was? Where were you at mentally, physically, and what what did that look like for you? Absolutely. My bottom came when I had a I had three children, ages 10, 5, and 0, single mom. I had a house over in U City trying to work and get high at the same time without anything changing. Finally, I just, the disease took me to where I would leave the house, left my 10-year-old daughter with the two smaller children, saying I'll be right back and not back for another day. Uh, uh, that, yeah, so I knew I hit rock bottom when I had to decide this is the hardest thing I ever had to do, and I'm trying not to uh, break down because every time I speak about it, I do I get emotional. I had to give my kids to their dad before the state would come in, before everybody, before someone got hurt, you know, or before I was slapped under the jail. So the beginning of my rock bottom was surrendering my children to their fathers so that I can, so I wouldn't drag them along down with me. So I knew then, but the real rock bottom hit when I packed my house up, I got some crackheads. We call them crackheads then. Crackheads came and packed my house up. I sold everything for little or nothing. Gave my kids to their dad. And I hit the west side, the street of the west side. I was disappeared for eight months. Mm. My family didn't even know if I was dead or alive for eight months. And um, yeah, that was rock bottom. But the real rock bottom, because I still had money. Uh, my mom enabled me, when I say gave me things that a woman needs. Because she always told me, no matter what you're doing, where you are in your life, you're still a lady. So I had things to take care of myself. But my rock bottom was when I took a Vaco. We called them abandoned houses, Vacos. Took the Vaco because I got tired of staying with this man and that man, you know. Uh, I, I found the Vaco and fixed it up like a house. Stole electricity from the building next door. And I cleaned houses on the streets of the west side as well as i would have a trap as they call them on almost every block and uh my expertise was um pleasures of men uh when i chose to as well as extensive cleaning in homes the cleaning the homes kept me i would say kept my me from going all the way over mm -hmm. you know doing something that i love to keep my mind thinking be creative and uh produce something but i didn't work that was my job. I, for um, 10 years, I was out there in the wilderness. Um, the rock bottom hit when I had absolutely nothing. Nothing. Just clothes, maybe. I had some clothes. I was one of the cleanest crackheads you've ever seen. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, straw hats. I'm walking around with big hats, sundresses, heels. It was crazy. I still didn't lose myself totally. But I had absolutely nothing, not uh, nothing. Wow. And um, people were dying around me. All my ace boom coons uh, that would get high with heart attacks. Uh, then the murders started coming. Uh, people, men that I lived with got murdered. It was like shot in the head. It was just everybody was getting killed, you know. And I was like, okay, God, okay, check this out. Um, I will surrender this way of life. I want to live. I've changed my mind. I don't want to die. <laughs> so if you take this monkey off my back, um, I promise to share how you saved me for the rest of my life, so long as I have breath. Okay. And that's what I do. Hold on. Hold on. So we're we going we gonna to pause right there, okay? <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So this is what we're going to do, y'all. We're going to take a little pause uh, for the calls and... Um, we're going to talk about that transition when the monkey got off her back. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done so already, make sure you share, share, share this. Tag individuals. Let them know you're listening to the Lion's Den, okay? Because you could have been anywhere in the world, but you happen to be here with some gentlemen's and some and, and, and a nice young lady, right on? But don't go too far. We will be right back. Right on, right on. One thing we can cherish during these times is family dinners. Think about it. The nice succulent southern fried chicken, baked beans cooked to perfection, creamy macaroni and cheese, cornbread. You get the point. Come check out Kevlar's Grill, where all the meals are cooked with perfection, professionalism, and love. 
located outside the Scott Air Force Base back gate inside the VFW is where you can find them. Also, they have military discount for all of our serving members. Give them a call. Their number is 618-416-5700. And that's inside Scott VFW Post 4183. And they also have Grubhub. Call them now and tell them that the Lions Den sent you. Monique Slater is a top negotiating, award-winning real estate agent in San Antonio, Texas. Her focus is on educating and empowering individuals on building general wealth through home ownership while providing exponential service with integrity and excellence. Although her heart is for serving first-time homeowners and the military community, her clientele ranges from $100,000 to $2.5 million. Monique has developed an awesome team that can get anyone into a home and has sold homes in less than six hours. After servicing the Air Force for over 28 years, retired Chief Slater has a massive network so she can connect you with an awesome agent anywhere in the U.S. And if you're in San Antonio or relocating there, give Monique a call first to help you find your dream home. Give Monique a call at 210-237-7268. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Seth with the Lion's Den. Are you or someone you know looking for a tool to help them be more accountable? Check out the Black Collar Mindset, the art of strategic thinking. It's a manual to help maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable every step of the way. Go to theblackcollarmindset.com to grab your copy today. Again, the website is theblackcollarmindset.com. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Let's get it together. Yo, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Lion's Den. Hey, fellas, what y'all think so far? I love it, man. I love hearing stories of people going through the struggle, unfortunately, <clears throat> not to say that everybody has to go through a struggle, but hearing the recovery piece of it. I mm-hmm. think that's added value to anybody's life journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what you think? Dude, I think one of the strongest things that she shared with us was the power of God mm-hmm. and how that willed her back to keep her mentality. Because her talking about how she had to give her kids up, that, that that hurt me. And I'm not a mother, I'm a father, so I can only imagine how she felt mm-hmm. that kind of drove her transition. So I'm looking forward to hearing the other side to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Big Herm, what you think, bro? Man, the part that hit me is that, you know, driving around St. Louis and any any city, man, we, we see people walking around the streets, you know what I'm saying, doing exactly what she's talked about, you know what I mean? And and I always wonder if they ever see a way out of that, you know what I'm saying? Because when you look, when I see them, I, I see desperation, you know what I'm saying? It's like they're desperation or no longer there, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I'm just curious, like, when we continue our conversation, you know what I'm saying, exactly how the come up looked for her you know mm-hmm. struggles in the backslide and stuff like that yeah yeah and one thing i can appreciate along with everything y'all said and um <clears throat> y'all know detroit have their share crackheads <laughs> you see but uh i tell you what i do appreciate the ones that you can't tell they on it you dig what i'm saying listen wow. you ain't got to walk around you think what I'm saying? You ain't got to look like what you've been through. You know, <laughs> take a little bit of hey, just a little bit of water. You get what I'm saying? Just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. Yeah. I think you it know? depends on how long you've been out there, though, man. You know, hey, hey who knows? Hey, some hey, it could have been somebody's day one, right? Yep. And it could have been somebody's year one. But to put still putting that much pride in your presentation, uh-huh. that's something. Hey, that to me, that means you're not completely gone. So I appreciate that. But ladies and gentlemen, we're about to welcome back to the den, Miss Sharice Cooper, y'all. Yeah. Welcome, welcome back, ma'am. Welcome back. Hey, Big Larry had a question that he wanted to ask yeah. you before we go into it. What you got, Larry? Yeah, and that goes back into what you were talking about. I want to I want to distinguish for the audience for those yeah. that are not in into the addiction phase, uh, a functional addict versus one that we all imagine like a crackhead Zell from Friday, right? <laughs> there are functional addicts that you would yeah. never know that they were out there like that, and they do a nine to five. I mean, they present themselves. You never know they had a habit versus the you know. And I keep referencing the crackhead Zell because when we think of crackheads. That's who we think of. 
Yeah. Can you talk about the distinguish between the two and maybe yeah. your experience okay. so that the audience are aware of that not all crackheads are, are the same, I guess, is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Uh, again, when I, when I first started speaking about the wilderness part, mm-hmm. um, the wearing of different masks, meaning that I pretended not to be a crackhead for 13 years. So I had a job. I experienced all phases of addiction. Had a job, took care of the children. You know, then I did my thing uh, two days out the week or whatever, weekend. And then after years of doing that, finally the addiction got bigger than me and God himself. And I had to go through that to meet the God of my understanding, by the way. And I will talk about that in a little bit too. However, I did hold on to my appearances, but there was a stint, a time, one year, for eight months, I decided to, you know, I don't want to live, I want to hit bottom for real, because I don't want to ever revisit this. And I knew God would have me going through this process for a reason. I had to lose everything to find him, because I thought, being that I excelled in pretty much everything I put my hands on, I thought it was something that I could do. But the disease of addiction and addiction to crack cocaine taught me that there's nothing I could do. Uh, change this here. Only God could fix it. Only God could save me. So I went from working, home, nice clothes, and everything, all you, a car. I gave all, I think I sold all that for some dope. Every Christmas present was sold for some crack. Uh, I was a good salesman. I could talk a cat out of a fish truck. (laughs) 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 I could talk you out of it. I'm telling you, I had the gift of gab most of the time. And I present an illusion to, say, men mostly. I had a a knack for presenting an illusion to who they may used to be. Uh, Because I was the same person. I used to be somebody different. But I was for eight months homeless, literally had a book bag and layers of clothes, walking around Hamilton and Coat Brilliant, Martin Luther King, all the way down to um, uh, Union. And you can circle all the way back up St. Louis Avenue, the whole West Side area. And I've also had traps in other areas of St. Louis, but that was my main stomping ground. I would be whoever you wanted me to be in order to get what I wanted. And um, so, it taught me to be deceptive, and I honestly was. If it had not been for my father bringing me this big, beautiful Bible, he just gave it to me, he brought me in the wilderness, here you go, don't forget God, don't forget God. So I would read it, actually smoking dope. <laughs> then someone gave me, out of three attempts to get clean, the first time was for my children, the second time was for my mother, the third time was for me. Mm-hmm. That's the one that stuck. There, there we go. Mm-hmm. All right. That's the one that stuck. And I, no. uh, I had nothing left. I was uh, a bum, basically, on the street. Uh, I took a bath in my new home that I created for myself, a Vaco. It was our abandonment, I called it. Abandonment. That is so creative, Ando. Abandonment, not a condominium. I had curtains. I would pilfer from the building next door, the abandoned building next door, and they had um, uh, stuff people left, like good stuff. So I've taken, made a house. Uh, wow. I stole electricity from the other building. I took, I didn't have hot water. I had just cold water. So I had a little skillet. I would heat up water and put it in there. I've taken baths in big pup, uh, pickle buckets of water outside in the gangway. Take a bath, you know. At least she took a bath. I'm sorry. Took I, I, at least she took a bath. Wow. I was clean as was. I right. was clean my shoelaces, my shoes, because I always felt like when I go outside, I had to respect society. What I'm doing is my business. Right. Uh, it's not for the kids to get to school or even say a family member or anybody passing by. I have to respect society's time. So normally I wouldn't run around running and scoring dope and all that stuff in the daytime. Mm-hmm. It would mm-hmm. be at night. And if I did come out in the day, I was always on, on point uh, for sure because I didn't know who I'd run into and who I could finagle out of some money. Wow. If I looked, if I looked like $2, that's what I was going to get. Yeah. Awesome. Go ahead, Big Herm. So my question is, um, since you were you were out there in the streets all all through there, mm-hmm. um, and you're out now, uh, but I'm pretty sure you probably still know people that's still out there. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Do you 
are you able to have conversation with those folks? Have you been able to help anybody out of that struggle? You know what I'm saying? And 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 tell me, some, tell us some stories about that. Like how you was able to reach back and maybe help somebody uh, get to where you're at. Well, I found my purpose, and that is actually my purpose. So I, I'm, I'm just ecstatic that because I, I remember praying, God, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? Give it to me. Give it to me so I can get on it. But I had to go through something to get to it. And I, I use um, De Havilland Home Care. I'm a sole, propri sole proprietor of De Havilland Home Care. And uh, what we do is we have an annual Meet Them Where They Are giveaway every year, like the week before Christmas, me and a wonderful lady named Miss Marilyn, big ups to the Church on the Rock because they supply us with a lot of the, uh, the think condiments and things that we put in these book bags. There's always a blue book bag for men and a pink book bag for the women. We fill them with condiments and necessities that a person on the street might need. Who knows better than that than me? So I know what to put in that bag because I know what I needed. So soul toothbrushes, um, just female um, products and things like that, hygiene products, uh, shave razors, and oh my God, socks, gloves, hats, um, all of the whole shebang. And we get, fill up the truck, the uh, Yukon truck that we have. We fill it up and we pull up on the people. We meet them where they are on the West Side and it's hand in the back. God bless you. Scriptures in there as well and, it's, and resources if they want to get help. So I do, and I've also sponsored women for the last 14 years uh, through the um, program of Narcotics Anonymous. I sponsor other women who I did, and when I say sponsor them, I walk them through the 12 steps of Narcotics Anonymous, step by step, getting into the meat and potatoes of what their spirituality is, and that's a disconnect with God. So I listen, I, and I, uh, and then I help them pilfer through it if you know what I mean, to get to peel back the layers of the onion of the person, remove all the different masks, because that's hard, that takes time right there itself, because a lot of times, oftentimes we don't know we have a mask on. So, mm. I help them process that. And then um, also too, I give back um, with uh, Women in Vision, we facilitated at um, the Clayton Jail Correctional Facility in Clayton there before COVID, and we give them living skills. I didn't really have a lot of time with that, but being a part of Yolanda Hempfield Robinson's, um, her, uh, man, she's awesome. The conferences and the forums usually are geared towards women fixing our hearts, straightening our crowns, how to be better women for each other, you know. So I'm a uh, um, I'm deep into that, and I'm grateful for her for allowing me to uh, participate and give my take, give what I have to give. Awesome. And then I talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. My patients, I'm also a lead patient access rep with BJC Health Healthcare, and um, I work at Barnes, and I'm currently at Christian Northeast. And something about when a person sits in my desk, and I'm getting their demographics together, mm -hmm. their insurances together, you get to talking, and I'll share right then and there. As soon as I get an opening, God saved me. Anybody who will listen, I'll tell them. <laughs> nice, nice. Go ahead, Will. I want to first say thank you for not just sharing your story, but being vulnerable and walking yeah. in your purpose. Because some people yeah. don't don't get the chance to really do that and believe in themselves to really do what God called them to do. So I commend you on that. Thank you. You speak on how you help people. You walk them through those 12 steps and that, that's big, right? Being that advocate, kind of showing them that, hey, you can do it too. I did it. But I want to speak on the relationship with your kids. And throughout this trial, you miss a lot of time. And how is that relationship now, given that everything that you've gone through and what the kids have gone through, being put with their father, so on and so forth? But I, I want you to touch on this because a lot of people mess up in life and don't know how to face the people that they hurt. And I want to kind of hear a little bit more from you about how you did that. And, and you know, I'm so glad you asked that. Oh, my goodness. That's that's the hit right there, because oftentimes a lot of us, including myself, stayed out in the wilderness or on drugs and alcohol a little longer because of the guilt. See, mm -hmm. the guilt and the shame uh, that I put upon my children and my family 
and myself, like classmates, you know what I mean? They're like, what, Sharice Cooper, you know what I mean? So they kept me uh, out there a little longer than you normally. And see, the guilt and shame that I was feeling once before I got clean and then after are different because naturally, we all do it. As soon as we get clean and get about five bucks, you want to buy our children's love back or forgiveness. You know, we want to, what you know, what you need, I, I got you or what have you. You can't do that. It doesn't work. So, um, because they still feel what they feel. And to be honest, God has blessed me. I'll be honest, oh my goodness. My kids were my number one fans and motivators in, while I was in the wilderness. Mama, you can do it. We know you'll be back. Don't worry about us. We good. You just focus on you. Wow. Yeah. So that gave me the courage to even face them. Of course, after a few years, I start seeing what they were missing that I was should have given them. As my two girls, they're women now. And I can't blame. I can't be upset. I. It's hard not to beat myself up. I have to give myself a break. Oftentimes, clean, we beat ourselves up because we didn't do what we know we should have done for the children, Give, instilling them certain behaviors. And they, they, I didn't want them watching me in that, in that part of my life. They can watch me now <laughs> and pick up some of these things. So I live by example with my children. I, you know, and I'm a, I have a listening ear and I'm grateful for the process because now I understand what they're going through, you know, as young, young adults. Mm -hmm. Frustrating as it may be, because I forfeited a lot of the um, what's the word uh, leverage, mm -hmm. will, and my children, and me trying to guide them. I had to take. I had to be very careful of what I say and do with them. You know, as, I'm I'm glad that you said that. <clears throat> I'm glad you said that because um, I remember when I was younger, I was. Uh, doing some things that was uh, unbecoming of the man I am now, right? And um, my mother got wind of it, and she saw it and, and heard about it, and she pulled me to the side and everything. She said, hey, I know what you're doing. I said, oh, you know. And she was like, no, I do. And so, but what she did was she told me a time when she used to do it. Oh. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. it wasn't at that moment, it wasn't a mother and son conversation. Mm -hmm. It was more like a man to woman conversation, if if yeah. you will. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. What what I appreciated, and and please ex expound on this if you can. What my mother did was, she was able to teach me without judging me, mm. because she walked in those shoes before yeah. and she knows that it was a part of her life and she learned something from it so right. she didn't damn me to hell for doing something crazy she said wait a minute i know what you're doing i used to be there so did you ever have that conversation with your daughters to help um uh kind of illustrate certain things to them from your point all, of view? all the time uh, my son is my son as well my son is the youngest and he's 23, so um, I keep it real with them. They call me whenever there's something real going on, and I appreciate that. I'm grateful for that. You know, they call me uh, with the real stuff because I'm going to give it to them real. I'm going to um, be honest and open. Um, they can't play me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They can't play me because I, 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 you can't fool the fool is what I tell them. You can't fool a fool, baby. You just gotta. So I bring it out the honesty in them, and how that I tell them, I can't tell you a lie, and I don't want you telling me any lies because, not because you lied to me. The disrespect part. I mean, I'm just a person. The lie makes me have to go back and do what I was thinking at first and change that. I don't like that. You know, you're wasting my time. So I keep it real with them on how to. Sign a relationship with God. Their own personal relationship it has nothing to do with me and how I relate to God. But get one. Get one that's going to save you. It's going to help you walk through this life without uh, the self-imposed anxieties and the fear and things like that. Once you get a relationship with the one who can change things, mm -hmm. can give you endurance and the grace 
when the, when we realize, I teach my children, I talk to them about gratitude, accountability and gratitude. One plus one is two. And it's going to happen for you. One plus one is two for you, me, and anybody else. Because mm -hmm. we like to think we're special, especially when we're young. Oh, that won't happen to me. Mm -hmm. And that's what I thought. Oh, I smoke this. They like, oh, girl, you hit that. They told me, you hit that, that leather coat going to be gone in uh, a month. I'm mm -hmm. like, shoot, don't control me like that. Right. I'm Sharice. You know, so I try to. Next you know, another coat was gone. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, anything, yes. Wow. Well, here, look, look, we got a couple of more questions coming in, and now we want to get it before the end of the yeah. show. What you got, Big Herm? So, um, I want to switch over to like relationship, right? Uh, being like being in the street, you know what I'm saying, and doing the things you were doing, I, I would assume certain things become desensitized to you when it comes to relationships with like men or whatnot. I'm assuming. Um, so how was it when you met your husband or what now? I don't know when you met your husband or, or, or anything. When he came into your life, how did that transaction go? Like how how did you give yourself up to him to know that he was the one? Um, well, he knew me before I had uh, were clean, you know, before I uh, uh recovered began my recovery process. He knew the old that part. I have three lies. The life I grew up, you know, all the way up until I took my first drug, that's a, that be, that started the second life, and now I have. I mean, it's my third lifetime. See, so I feel grateful for that. And he knew me um, in the second, knew of me, and uh, so I asked him out when I got clean. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I went for him because I was like, that's that. I, when I first laid eyes on him, when I was in the wilderness, I'm like, that's the kind of man I want. That's gonna be my husband. I just picked him out. And so I, when I got clean, I came back and I do do do. Hey, you know, I got what one day clean. Is it okay if I call? One day, so you were good. <laughs> I went for him. Okay, went because he, I wanted someone who understood, wouldn't be afraid, and and can understand, and even appreciate my walk in the wilderness without mm. judgment from. Because I wanted to be transparent, and I already know from other people, other women's experiences when they share with a man their uh, process in uh, active addiction, they automatically and instantly carry them like that. And they're not that way anymore, though. They don't give them an opportunity. Mm. There's the trust in like, oh, she gonna, she probably out doing whatever, whatever, you know, don't give you a chance to be the person that God intended you to be. Mm. And so I'm, that's why I had to choose him. I didn't want anybody who was green, don't want mm. anybody, I don't have time to explain it. Probably mm. won't believe me. You're gonna, they're gonna sit on that um, crackhead thing we see on the movies and mm -hmm. they're clutching their wallet, you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. And then not allowing me to grow into who I am. And also to understanding that the dynamics that I, I, I uh, deal with every day is because of that walk, the wilderness, it was because of the experiences before that. Mm. Who I am today. So, in other words, a lot of men who aren't aware or privy to the details and what 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 is all about the active addiction and living with addiction, they don't understand it. So, therefore, it's going to be a lot of arguing, a lot of explaining, exhaustion. You know, I just uh, need to be someone who understood all aspects. Mm -hmm. Already know. Wow! You know, we got church house. Man. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I like that. That makes a whole lot of sense. Man, think about that, though. I'm going to be 100% be honest. It'll be a tough pill for me to swallow. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, if, yeah. hey, and by the way, I'll be like, oh, snap, really? You know what I'm saying? I'll be honest, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't fully understand <laughs> that walk of life and then with everything you went through. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It, it would be It would be something that I would have to really think about. Think about that though. So, but but at the same time, we all have been through our, you know, our transgressions. You get what I'm saying? So, you, we, a lot we, of men judge. You did. Yeah, the ego is not, you know what I'm saying? Look at the amazing woman that I'm seeing right now. You know what I'm saying? I see an amazing woman right now. But a lot of men will still th had that flashback that, that that best man, like in the movie, the best man flashback. Like, you know, so, you know. Yeah. Like you said, like, for example, if if I'm not if I don't understand the mechanics of an individual that have those addictions, the first thing that's going to come into my mind is like, you know what? This ain't nothing but a female gator. 
You dig what I'm saying? So in a minute, my microwave is going to be down the street. You get what I'm saying? Because I'm not thinking about that, that individuals can overcome. But, yeah. hey, it is what it is. But no, that's yeah, really wrong. Huh? Won't, won't he do it? Hey, he I have powers, brother. You ain't never lying. Go ahead, Big Larry. What you got, man? Yes, ma'am. Miss Cherie. So every year, every new year, I buy a calendar with inspirational quotes on it. That's just a weird thing I do, right? And ironically, for this month, the January, there's a quote by Frederick Douglass that says, if there is not, if there isn't a struggle, there is no progress. And I think that ties into this conversation. So my question to you is, do you think your struggle in life during that dark period of time that you had, was it coincidental? Or was it something, I know you're religious, so was it a God's testament to test you to get you to where you are today? Oh, I like that. So um, first, I like to say, from my experience, pain is the great motivator Mm -hmm. to change. Because I had to learn how to change the way I think in order to receive God, first and foremost. Because I was like, oh, God, I want to get to know you. Uh, I, I just don't understand a lot of stuff. And so uh, God had to, and I, it was ordained, it was already pre-planned. He had mm-hmm. to remove all the things around me. And, and I hate to call them distractions, mm-hmm. but they were. I had to get stripped down to nothing. So I, got to, I had to get on my knees so I can go up. I had nowhere else to go but six feet under when I finished. By the time I finished getting high and cutting up and running from reality and um, trying to buffer pain and all that, I basically had to grow up. And I believe God, it was part of God's plan because the pain caused me to change the way I think. It motivated me to do something different. And I realized that I couldn't change other people as far as I am and want things my way, I had to be the one to do the changing. I had to change the way I think about a lot of stuff and especially a relationship with God. And I honestly think that um, I know that I had to go through that to be who I am today. I can't, I wouldn't be the mother I am because see, there's learned behaviors when we are raised with parents or whomever you raised you. We pick up the habits and their mannerisms and their beliefs and all. And I, I don't believe God could use me with just that. I needed to be cultivated and molded in the dark is where he does his best work. And I was definitely in the darkness. And I walked the main streets of St. Louis from like, my main, my best hours were 10 p.m. to like 2. Anything after 2 a.m. is going, it's terrible. <laughs> Ain't no trouble hook a crook out at two a.m. So between ten until you, I I walked alone. I traveled alone. People will get you in trouble. They get you dead. So I learned to be solo bolo. But I always walked with God. Like my my prayer was when I was out there was Father God in the name of Jesus bless me keep me safe send me an angel. Uh, Do not kill me. I'm coming. Just don't Mm. kill me. Mm. Mm. Wow. Woo. So here, this is what we're going to do. Thank you, too, for that. Uh, that's a very conscious prayer. You get what I mean? I, and, and I do appreciate that. That's very nice. So what we're going to do is we're going to go around, uh, give our brothers an opportunity to give their uh, their last words uh, for yeah. you, ma'am. Big Will, what you got, bro? Big Will. First off, I just want to say thank you for coming on and just yeah. sharing with us and being vulnerable. You're welcome inspirational women, especially black women. You got mm-hmm. so many people to watch how you move and you get people stripped without even knowing. So thank you for that. Yeah. But in, in my last thought, you said that you tried three times to get clean, but it wasn't the third time till you did it for yourself. Yeah. Is what made you get through it. I want mm-hmm. that to resonate to anyone that may need to hear that, that you're not doing nothing for nobody else. It's only when you do it for yourself, but yeah. you weren't able to see that until God gave you the listening ear and eyes to see what you was doing it for. Yeah. So I just want to say thank you for sharing that. I think it's going to pay some good ar- around those that's listening, but thank you again for coming out to the show, and I appreciate you. Yes! Go ahead, Larry. That's right, hey, Mr. Reed. I'll add on to that. Hey, listen, I thank you for being transparent. I thank you for taking the time to come out and share your story. And I would say that I've personally experienced some of the same things that you've talked about 
through various family members of my life that I've looked up to as mentors and influences in my life. And I would say this, it has grounded me and it's made me look at, I don't care how successful you are to how low you are in life. I look at everybody the same, or at least I try to, and I try not to judge. And I know that's easier said than done, but realistically from where I come from and what I've seen, I try to judge everybody and, and everybody's path is different. And I thank you for sharing it because functional addict to the extreme addicts, I mean, I added is the addict, right? Everybody's yeah. going through struggles, and who yeah. are we to judge? We're all human at the end of the That's day. It. So, thank you for sharing, and I appreciate You're your welcome. time and effort. You're welcome. Yeah. Right on. Big Herm. Therese. <laughs> First of all, I want to commend you on the ultimate strength that you showed. Thank you. Uh, your life, your thank life you. of trials and tribulations shows nothing but strength from your low point. All the way to when I know you sit when you sit down and take a look around when you had nothing at what you got now, it's like it's amazing. You know what I'm saying? And what I would love what I would love for people in the audience, because I know like myself, you know, what I'm saying like myself, I have friends that struggle with addiction that, you know, just like you, that they they excelled in everything in life. And next thing you know, they're on the streets. And, you know, for me, I'm lost wondering what can I do for them? You know what I mean? And I, I, I hope that. They're watching this. I doubt they are. You know what I'm saying? But I hope that they're watching this. But what you gave for me, inspiration to just not give up on them. You know what don't I mean? And just pray for them every day and just yeah. hope, hope hope the best that they come around the same way you did. So yeah. thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Herm. It's been a pleasure. All right. So before we go, yes, yes. Look, before we go, I want to give you the opportunity to speak to the unheard. Mm. Mm. I would like you to to utilize this time to speak to the old you. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And for those that are listening right now, what word would you love to share with them? Being as though you have went through the fire and here you yeah. are. Okay. So okay. I want to give you this opportunity to do that. Thank you. I like to say um, queen sister, queen bro- king brother. This is just a process for you to be where God wants you to be. Do not give up. Don't hold on even with one finger. Do not lose faith. All right. There it is. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, this is and have been the Lion's Den. If you could dig this, please give us a review. Okay, it's in the chat. Make sure y'all give us a review so we know that y'all could dig this and you appreciate our guest. Thank you again, Mr. Reese. Yes, 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 yes. This was an outstanding show. Outstanding show. And there's Larry holding up that cup. There you go. All right. Feel better. God bless you. <laughs> anyway, but ladies and gentlemen, hey, so hey, this is what we do, y'all. This is what we do. But um, if again, if y'all was digging this show, please let us know. And if you know anybody that are hold on, I'll get to you. If you know anybody that's um should be on the show or if you have any ideas you let us know because you might be the next one in the den what you got her hey real quick Cherise, do you have uh like where people could reach you at or like your know, instagram give a shout out real quick so people if people want to find you they can find you yeah that can be found on instagram and facebook with the same plug uh reese 199 39 at yahoo our facebook um and also too um i have being that i own the home care i can also be reached i always give my phone number out right and i have a business card my phone is 314-532-1877 and you know we can talk about whatever addiction survivor recovery living uh um and unmanageability clean living clean is still unmanageable whatever hold on one minute one minute what give that number one more time yes three one four five three two one eight seven seven one eight seven seven all right ladies and gentlemen her number is going to be posted larry what you telling me not to do it wasn't That's me it was, it was will will what you telling me not to do <laughs> <laughs> Both yeah, we, there, brother. Huh? we are good brother <laughs> so, no so and so again 
Thank y'all for being you, on uh, and for being on. Thank you so much, Sharice. You you Ladies and gentlemen, we will be seeing y'all soon next week. This is what we do. Y'all hold it down. One. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure to listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public, where you can subscribe or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, we'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Lionscast. Check out the book, The Black Collar Mindset, The Art of Strategic Thinking on Amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com. A manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week for another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth.